0: all right and we're back for another great episode of inside sports fantasy football it's gerald glassford once again from pop culture cosmos coming right back at you here along with a good man indeed he is along with charles smith one of the preeminent hosts for the inside sports show and you got to check out their upcoming programs as well on the inside sports channel it's my good friend chris sardieri and chris Welcome back for another edition of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Gerald, thanks for having
1: me back. Pleasure to be here. And uh, we've got one week in the books and we're off and running.
0: Let's see if we can help some teams make some victories here, right? Absolutely. You know, I know people already, team owners out there, are starting to panic already after week one in the NFL. It always happens. People are, are worried about, I'm going to, uh, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to drop half my team? Am i going to go ahead and pick up on the waiver wire. I touched a little bit on the waiver wire in our last episode with Jason Dutch from Voice from the Underground about some waiver wire pickups for quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. I wanted to get your opinion before we head into week two if there's anybody that stands out on the waiver wire that either you are interested in or that maybe you would suggest somebody should be interested in before they head into next weekend.
1: Yeah, I think one of the more popular ones was Hollywood Brown, uh, ironically Antonio Brown's cousin with the Baltimore Ravens, who uh, really put up some big numbers, albeit against the JV team, the Miami Dolphins. But the thing that was interesting to note about him is that he did it with, I believe he played a significantly less amount of snaps than the other Ravens receivers. So as he gets worked into the offense more and the way Lamar Jackson looked, I think that bodes well for him. Another one out there, and we hit on this last week, and I managed to get him in one of my leagues. We talked about holding on to Adrian Peterson because Geis inevitably gets hurt, and sure enough, he did. Props to us for getting that right. And while I do think Peterson's still a hold in the near term here, I think Chris Thompson's the pickup, especially in PPR leagues. When Geis went out, he got the majority of the touches. He can catch the ball, and judging by the fact that I don't think the Redskins are going to be a very good team this year, could be a a case where he's getting – you know, even more touches on dump offs
0: and things like that. So uh, in the near term, I think Chris Thompson's a play in DC. You know what? I think you and Jason Dutch are are like mind reading each other because on the Tuesday (laughs) episode, he mentioned Chris Thompson as well as being a pickup that people should go for. But funny how it comes back to full circle when it comes to Adrian Peterson. I look like I had egg on my face in one week. Now I look like a stud out there for some reason because Jay Gruden everything's all patched up i guess using the quote it's all water under the bridge as adrian peterson said so it's kind of funny how that all works itself out darius guys did get injured didn't actually perform well before he got injured but he did get injured so right now it's adrian peterson but you're right as a major play chris thompson could get a lot of touches both as far as from a rushing and especially a receiving standpoint so yeah that's definitely a good pickup as well if you have him out there and he's available on your waiver wire, and you need a running back, a backup or whatnot, somebody to play in a flex, I think he's definitely a good choice out there for your waiver wire as well. But let's get into it, my friend, when it comes to week two in the NFL, a lot of great matchups out there. Are there any that stick out in your mind for players that you think are going to maybe bounce back or continue their success from week one?
1: Yeah, there are a few. Keeping with my Miami Dolphins theme, and I don't want to beat the proverbial dead horse or dead mammal in this case but i think anyone that's okay to, uh, Ace Ventura <laughs> did. <laughs> i'm glad someone else remembers that movie but i think you've got to start anyone on the patriot it's short of antonio brown because we don't know what's going to happen the league come down on him will the patriots not play him that remains to be seen and that's uh, out of our jurisdiction i pardon the pun but uh, one guy who really stands out to me is sonny michelle really didn't get a a lot of involvement in the offense as they were just really beating the doors off of the Steelers and throwing a lot more than anything else. But I think here you could see him get more involved. The Dolphins, I mean, look, it's well documented. They've allegedly got players on their team who called their agents Sunday night to demand trades. That tells you the mentality there. I think he's going to get more touches. I think Belichick will probably work him into the offense more, maybe eat a little more clock and maybe give Brady a break here. But I do think he's due for a big bounce back. And then I'm going to go a little of an unconventional twist. My new Miami Dolphins of the NFC are going to be my uh, beloved New York Giants. That is an atrocious defense, as we saw on Sunday. Cowboy fans, don't get too excited about Dak Prescott. I mean, he hit a lot of open receivers. That was more a function of the, the Giants' poorest defense. Which is atrocious at best But I think you've got a couple Buffalo Bills Who played well last week against the Jets Going to be back in familiar ground Going to the Meadowlands To play the Giants this week week two And I think if, if you're looking for kind of a, a deeper sleeper Or maybe you need some quarterback help Josh Allen and John Brown They connected a number of times And I think Brown's going to be a nice uh, underrated receiver To keep your eye on here this season But I think those guys might actually have a field day With this just awful Giants secondary
0: Well, you mentioned the New York Giants, like you said. I I think they're, well, by default, they must be good against the run because they're absolutely horrid against the pass. They look pretty good against the run, so I wouldn't suggest going ahead and and rushing against them because they're going to give up a ton of passing yards, I think, as well. I think they just look like they they were just awful on, on the defensive side of the ball. But there's two matchups I really think people should look at, one of which, of course, is the obvious one, New Orleans at Los Angeles. I think that's going to be uh, another exciting game. The Rams didn't exactly look like they were on all 8 cylinders when it came to last week, but they were still had enough to get the win, but they're going to play in front of their own fans. It's going to be in the middle of the afternoon LA time. I think it's going to be something where you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of action, a lot of passing, a lot of a lot of offense. I think you're going to see both teams go up and down the field. and I see maybe like a 35 to 31 game where there's a lot of yards involved. So if you've got players on both the New Orleans and the Rams side, I think of any time you're going to start them this week because I think you're going to see a lot of action going on in this game. And if you don't, if you see Jared Goff struggle again, then that's a warning sign right there to Jared Goff team owners that if you have him on your team, maybe there's an issue there that's more that, well, I'm going to use the Transformers thing, that more than meets the eye there because he struggled (laughs) last week. If he struggles this week, then I think there's probably a deeper rooted problem there. And the last game I want to cover is going to be Kansas City at Oakland, and that's for Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, I'm not going to say he's going to get 200 yards again, but now with the injury to Hill, he's going to be able to be the focus of the offense as far as from a passing standpoint so you've got to be worried that that teams are going to focus in on him i still think he's going to get a lot of targets i still think he's going to get a lot of catches and yards will he have a 200 yard prolific day like that this weekend i don't think so even against oakland who we're still not convinced is all there yet but i still think you know you've got to play him He's still got to be either a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two for you at this point in time, at least going forward until Hill comes back, because he is going to take a lot of targets from Patrick Mahomes. And on the other side of the ball, is Oakland all that? I mean, they look very impressive in week one. I'm going to ask you fantasy football owners out there. Do you really think that the Oakland Raiders are going to look this good for two straight weeks, especially against Kansas City? I don't think so. So I'd be very wary of starting any Oakland Raiders this weekend.
1: Yeah. And I don't think the Chiefs have a great defense by any stretch as we saw, even though they knocked out Nick Foles. Uh, you I, see I a lot of the yards aspect, then for Carr? I'm not necessarily sure if it'll be through the air. You know, the guy I, I, I like, and I do have him in one of my league's full disclosure is Josh Jacobs. I like the way he ran. And I think you can run on the Kansas City defense, but I want to say I was impressed with the Raiders, but then part of me looks at that Denver defense. And other than Miller and Chubb, really, is is there anyone that stands out there? I think their secondary is overrated. I think, honestly, Gruden had a nice game plan for them, and they, they still got too conservative at the end and almost gave it back to the Broncos. But I do think there's some opportunities there, but I, I tend to agree with you. The problem is going to be, can you keep pace with the frantic and phonetic pace that uh, the Chiefs offense has, where they're just scoring all the time and then you're getting into the shootout and if you don't score then you're falling down to three scores. So, it's it's hard to say but yeah, I I think the jury's still out on David Carr by by all means.
0: I think so as well, but you're right. Kansas City's defense has not been that great over the past couple of years. They've got a really really great offense that's propelled them to the level that they're at now. I think that Oakland even though it has a decent defense, I think they're going to go ahead and get overwhelmed early and often. That could mean a lot of passing yards for Carr, but it also could lead to some mistakes as well. So I'd be very wary of even Josh Jacobs getting a chance to go ahead and propel there. But if there's anyone on Oakland, that's going to get some yardage, it would be Josh Jacobs because you're right. Kansas city has not had the greatest of defense going forward. And I guess that's going to be, like I said, it's going to be leading into a great weekend for the NFL. I want to ask you one last thing on Monday. Are you buying or selling on the Cleveland Browns? Because at this point in time, they should go in and knock off the Jets with no problem because Darnold is out with mononucleosis. That's something that can knock you out for, for at least three, four, five weeks at least. That's something that everybody I know who's had it, even I a long time ago had it. It knocks you out. It knocks you out hard, so he's gone for several weeks. Cleveland needs to go ahead and pick themselves off the floor. Do you think that Mayfield, do you think that OBJ, do you think the Cleveland offense can finally get its act together? And, and actually, if there's any point in time, this has to be the time that they put it all together.
1: Yeah, this has to be, because if it isn't, they're 0-2, and then you're really going to hit the panic button in Cleveland. I, I had mono, two when I was a teenager, and to say it knocks you is. not understatement so I, I hope Sam Darnold gets well soon if it's brutal to say the least but what I think too is when you've got a team quarterback by Trevor Simeon I'll go out on a limb and say there's not going to be a lot of offensive output so as well as the Jets defense played against Buffalo it's just going to put a lot of strain on them so I, I think this week is a, a kind of a, a buy I would say for the Browns if you've got an OBJ if you've got a Nick Chubb a Baker Mayfield I think you're safe with starting them because everyone's down on them and it could be the magic they need against what's going to be a struggling Jets team. That said, don't know if the $200,000 watch, whatever OBJ claims he's going to wear on the field again will help his offensive output, but that's a head scratcher at best, I'd have to say. I know
0: the NFL will be watching,
1: pun intended
0: (laughs) right there for you. (laughs) We'll be right back with more Fantasy Football. One last thing on week two, when we talk about it, and that's something I want to entitle fool's gold. And that's basically for fantasy team owners out there. They have these players that either did surprisingly well, well above their expectations, or maybe it was a waiver wire player that did well beyond his expectations that everybody's just going to jump on the bandwagon or you'll get a dozen trade offers for. And it's someone that maybe you should think about selling high for a trade or maybe it's someone that you think about, huh, I, I don't know, maybe he's someone that I want to go ahead and maybe start one game at the most, or is someone that maybe I wouldn't touch at all. I think for me, fool's gold is John Ross III, the wide receiver for Cincinnati who had a tremendous game. I think maybe you know he's a good waiver wire pickup at best, but he's not going to be able to command the offense from the wide receiver position for too long because A.J. Green is coming back in the near future, And when push comes to shove, Andy Dalton's going to throw to A.J. Green the most, if that's the case, I think, once A.J. Green is back up to speed. So if you pick up John Ross III on a waiver wire, be wary that it might not be that fruitful for you for very long. I know you talked about Dak Prescott also being fool's gold after a four-touchdown performance against the poorest New York Giant defense. Is there anyone else that, that had a great game last weekend that you really think, could be full gold.
1: Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with Ross. That was my number one looking at that after. Uh, I mean, look, he had a great week one against the Seahawks. It was a homecoming for him because he played at the University of Washington. But the guy has a history of dropping balls. That's all to say with that. So completely agree with you there, Gerald. I don't want to say he's necessarily a fool's gold in a traditional sense, but there's a guy who's had a lot of love on the waiver wire this week, and that's Malcolm Brown of the Rams. I know he stole a couple touchdowns from Todd Gurley. I don't want to dismiss his value. I think he has value if you need a handcuff for Todd Gurley, or if you have depth on your bench and kind of Adrian Peterson syndrome, hold on to him. Gurley still doesn't look 100%, even though he looked better than he did in the Super Bowl. Hang on to him. He may be the starter. In the meantime, He's at best a second running back and what could become a running back by committee. He may steal some goal line carries. He may get you some cheap yardage and garbage time or when Gurley's being spelled. But I don't think he's someone you should really pitch a ride to unless, like I said, you've got Gurley and you're lucky enough to handcuff him.
0: You know what? I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. He is someone that was a big play for a lot of individuals out there for the waiver wire he was one of the top choices from all the experts including what we talked about on Tuesday for picking up on the waiver wire so be very wary when you pick him up because Malcolm Brown getting two touchdowns this weekend or any other weekend could be problematic especially with Todd Gurley and the fact that Jared Goff has to spread that ball around to all those prolific wide receivers I know there was concern about the receivers getting enough targets, getting enough touches. I know Brandon Cooks was the, was the primary question that that he only got a little bit of action in the previous game. So, yes, uh, the, you know, Jared Goff has to keep that ball spread around. We're going to see after this weekend if the Rams are actually up to snuff and actually are still the team that went to the Super Bowl and still is good and prolific, and especially on the offensive side coming up. And Malcolm Brown, like you said, is, is a part of it, but how much of a part we'll actually see going forward. Well, again, it's going to be a great week too. We've talked about Adrian Peterson coming back to life as far as coming back into the starting lineup. We've talked about Fool's Gold players that, that we think are just maybe you should be wary of if you pick them up or you start them. Great week two matchups and waiver wire pickups. But last but not least, my friend, I want to talk about one last thing before we head on out. And that is tight ends, something we kind of forget about. I know I touched on it when I was doing the fantasy shows last year, but let me ask you this. When it comes to having a team that's going to go all the way in your league, a team that's going to go all the way to the fantasy football championship, is it a must to have a prolific tight end or is it something that's just like bonus on top of everything else? Is it the key?
1: It's not the key. I think of it more of icing on the cake. If you've got a great tight end, more power to you, because it's like having a a wide receiver in your lineup every week. And believe me, I have George Kittle in one of my leagues, and it seems as though last week, at least, every touchdown he got was called back by a penalty. But I mean, you know the 49ers are going to target him. If you've got him, great. You can count on him getting you points on a week-in, week-out basis. If you have a middle-of-the-road tight end, Just hope you get some points out of them. But in that case, you're going to have to rely a little more on your flex position to get you scoring. But look, there are plenty of teams who have Travis Kelsey and aren't that great. The trade-off is you've got to take them with an earlier round pick than you normally would with the tight end. So you don't build up the depth you need at wide receiver and running back. So I don't think it's a necessity, but believe me, two years ago, I had Kyle Rudolph. He kind of came out of nowhere and had a big year. And uh, it really helped my team. I made the playoffs. It's a nice luxury to have, but it's not the end-all be-all.
0: I was fortunate late in my draft to go ahead and not only get Mark Andrews from Baltimore, but also as well, Delaney Walker. And both did very well for me this past weekend. I think both of those, if you get a chance to trade for them, or if they magically are on the waiver wire, you should definitely give them a shot. But there's one name I think that both of us did not talk about, because we're kind of wary of him because of his injury history, and that's Greg Olson, who had a great game for Carolina today, over 100 yards receiving. But the thing is, how long and how prolific is he going to be because he has such an extensive injury history? I mean, you get rolling with him three, four, five games in a row, then all of a sudden he'll be out for the rest of the season.
1: Completely agree. He's a great tight end. If he needs someone and he's out there on waivers, get him. While he's playing, he's going to get you points. The other thing that worries me about him, even if he does manage to stay healthy this year, as a Cam Newton owner, I'm concerned. I don't know if it's time to hit the panic button, but I've got Kyler Murray behind him and I'm kind of hoping, you know, he has more games like he did in the fourth quarter against the Lions because Cam is not right. I mean, I know he's had multiple surgeries. The shoulder was an issue last year, the foot this preseason, but he does not look right. He looks off balance. His throws aren't accurate. So I think that's another problem you've got to deal with Olson. No fault of his own, but which Cam Newton are we going to get on a week in, week out basis here going
0: forward? The Panthers are 0-2. Yes, they are. McCaffrey didn't show up. But when McCaffrey and Greg Olson are your leading receivers or are your top threats from as, as far as catching the ball that to me is an issue that to me speaks for the lack of depth that you have at wide receiver because we really don't talk about wide receiver much when it comes to the Carolina Panthers that to me is a problem and even though Cam Newton threw for over 300 yards no touchdowns and for me that speaks volumes about no deep threat that's available or no consistent wide receiver threat that he has so even like you said he may not be 100 healthy but he doesn't really have all the weapons that he should in order to go ahead and become a standout in fantasy football right now.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And, and you know, it's not like Samuels is going to leave you up at night with nightmares, but that said, he had a number of open receivers tonight that, you know, against a an iffy Tampa Bay defense, and he just wasn't hitting them. So I'm hoping it for his sake, it's just physical and he can get over it, but it does not look like the Cam Newton of old uh, at least two weeks in.
0: No, no, but I'm hoping for the best and hoping that changes because I know he can be a game changer if he gets right. But I'm not sure, like you said, if he's 100% healthy, but we'll have to see coming up in the next few weeks if that's the case or not. Well, my friend, it's been great talking to you about fantasy football. I know you're coming on next week to share more insight when it comes to fantasy football and helping out those fantasy football team owners Before we head on out, I just want to make mention that you've got Inside Sports coming up with Charles Smith Jr. I know you guys have some plans coming up, so please share us your thoughts on what's coming up with Inside Sports. Yeah,
1: definitely here in the coming weeks. Those of you who have listened to us continue to. We appreciate it. We're available anywhere. You can download podcasts as well as Podbean. We're going to do a little bit of a change of pace. We've kind of had a lot of fun and even success in picking games and we're going to focus a little more on that have a fantasy football segment of course give our uh, sardonic look at the nfl and call it like we see it like we have for many years but what we've noticed too is we've gotten a lot of traction with our our pick segment people like it charles specializes in over-unders for point totals and i like to pick an underdog each week and uh, jake will be joining our show We'll, we'll give his pick so gonna put a little new twist on the inside sports football talk show and if you like to follow us we're on social media inside sports tv or chris l sports on twitter we're on instagram definitely be sure to
0: give us a follow and keep track of our show schedule absolutely it's awesome that's inside sports now for us here at this show if you have a question for chris for jason for me you know for anyone on the team that's inside sports fantasy football just email us is fantasy football at yahoo.com that's is fantasy football at yahoo.com and stay tuned you basketball fans i'll be hosting the lakers fast break podcast coming up here in the next few days plus you can always catch my stuff in regards to pop culture on the pop culture cosmos well my friend it's been great talking to you i cannot wait for week two in the nfl i'm so excited adrian peterson is back i'm, I'm curious to see how that works out and how quick of a hook Jay Gruden will have on him if he doesn't perform up to snuff. I mean, we called it early on that I thought he was a play, so I'm glad to see that it's going to work out after all. So I'm taking the egg off my face as we speak. So I just feel so glad about that. I feel vindicated. I feel like I can take a deep breath again. <sighs> yes, yes. I you know I feel just good about knowing that at least for once I was right. Absolutely, as you should. I mean, it only took a week for you to be right, too. So that's record time. Exactly. And we've got some comments before we head on out. Jake want to know, how bad should I be looking to sell Sonny Michelle after he abuses Miami? So that's planning ahead, and that's so smart. Great question, Jake. And you can always send your questions into us on any of our social media outlets, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, and also as well right here at isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com. But yes, Jake wanted to know it looks like he's gonna probably dominate Miami, like you called it earlier in the show. Your sure. thoughts on after he performs so well, should you sell high on Sonny Michelle? If you have enough running back depth to to pull that off, definitely
1: do get some sort of value at a position of weakness, whether it's receiver or quarterback. But you know, hopefully there's some novice in your league who thinks that sonny michelle is the greatest and doesn't realize that the dolphins are also that bad so yeah just just like with stocks
0: sell high buy low absolutely i couldn't agree with you more my friend and i couldn't agree with you jake i i I like how you're thinking there to sell sonny michelle at a very high peak when it comes to most likely a good return after this weekend against miami i mean my gosh You never know what's going to happen in the New England offense. Sonny Michel could be all the rave after one week playing against Miami and two weeks and three weeks. I mean, he did very well last year on a semi-consistent level for New England. But with Belichick, you never know because the ball spreads around so much to who knows which receiver. Maybe you want to get Antonio Brown as much volume as possible before he might get suspended or kicked out of the league or something like that because there could be that worry or he could throw around to other receivers. So definitely, if you have a chance to sell Sonny Michelle high and get a really good trade back for him as far as a great list of players. And Jake said he's got David Montgomery, Sanders, and Singletary, plus Dalvin Cook. Now, that's a pretty good lineup of depth, but he definitely wants to move Sonny Michelle bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, wait until after Sunday. I think that's good. I think you've got a good cadre of running backs there. But uh, you, you hit on a very important point. I had Michelle last year and there were weeks where either didn't get the ball or didn't play. Belichick's got this odd little rotation and doghouse and mind game. He likes playing with his running backs. So keep that in the back of your mind too.
0: Absolutely. So yes, Jake, those are great questions. Again, you've got a stacked lineup at running back. I think definitely if you want to go ahead and fortify it even more, a trade for Sonny Michelle, maybe pick up some receivers or even a backup quarterback if you need them. Yes, definitely a trade for Sonny Michelle for maybe one or two players that will really sweeten the pot will be great. Because, like I said, and like Chris said, he looks like he's going to be able to dominate Miami this weekend. I think, without a doubt, I think it's going to be something that, you know, at that point in time, you're going to have to sell Sonny Michelle because I don't think it will get much better this weekend. Jake said it right there. He needs a wide receiver three. Great time to pick up a nice wide receiver there. Absolutely. So, You've got the depth at running back after Sunday's game, which Sonny Michelle probably has the best chance of producing at a high level. I definitely think it's time to trade. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, Jake, those are some great questions. If you have more, again, you can hit us up always on social media, pop culture cosmos, inside sports, or isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com. You can always send an email. We'd be glad to answer it for you. You can always send it to Chris. I can always send it to Jason. We're always ready on the standby to help you out and to help you win your fantasy league. We thank you for watching. We thank everybody out there for listening. And we cannot thank everybody enough for being part of Inside Sports Fantasy Football.